Gulf Coast Live Arts Edition from WGCU. I'm John Davis. Thanks for joining us. Before MTV and the concept of music videos became a ubiquitous part of our culture, filmmaker, producer, director, and photographer Chuck Statler's work with music films makes him a pioneer in the world of music videos. He's directed and produced music videos and live concerts for an impressive array of upstart record labels and emerging artists, including Nick Lowe, The Cars, Prince, Elvis Costello and the Attractions, Madness, Suicide Commandos, The Moldy Peaches, and The Jayhawks, to name just a few. But in the world of music video production, he's perhaps best known for his work with the seminal American new wave band Devo. His affiliation and collaborations with Devo band members go back to their days together studying at Kent State University. His short film, The Truth About De-Evolution, would go on to attract widespread attention and help launch the band to mainstream stardom. Statler filmed the band's first ever performance back in 1973 and would go on to direct and or produce a number of the band's music videos and film compilations, including music videos for their song Satisfaction, Come Back Johnny, The Day My Baby Gave Me a Surprise, Free of choice, whip it, through being cool, peekaboo, and many more. And thanks largely to a film series exhibition of his work at the Museum of Modern Art, Statler's been dubbed the godfather of music video. I'm not sure how he feels about that title, but we'll found, find out in a minute. And Statler is here in Southwest Florida for a special exhibition called Chuck Statler Shows and Tells the Truth About De-Evolution, premiering an all-Devo program of newly restored music videos and early pre-MTV films. That's at the Bob Rauschenberg Gallery at Florida Southwestern State College in Fort Myers. And there's going to be a film screening and Q&A with Statler tonight from 6 to 8 o'clock. Ahead of the event, we're delighted to have Chuck Statler in studio here at WGCU. Welcome to Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition. A long pause. Thank, uh, thanks for the invitation. And I have to uh, do a disclaimer right up at the top because you said I'm here to talk about the truth of de-evolution. And... Um, it's more, this will be a fabrication or lies because of the fact that I don't think anybody really knows the truth about de-evolution uh, other than the, intimately the founders. But I'll do my best to try to uh, keep it honest and above board. Okay. <laughs> Jade Dillinger joins us. Uh, Dillinger joins us as well. He's a director of the Bob Rauschenberg Gallery, and he wrote the book on Devo. Literally, Jade co-authored the first ever book tracing the history of the band titled We Are Devo. Jade, welcome back. Thanks so much, John. It's really a pleasure to be here and to be here with Chuck. And to engage with us and your fellow listeners about this conversation or any of our shows, find us on Facebook. We're at WGCU Public Media. On Twitter, we're at WGCU. Use the hashtag GCL. Now, to start off, Chuck, what was the impetus behind what's brought you to the gallery here in Fort Myers? Is this something you had wanted to do for a while, or is this perhaps the result of some poking and prodding from folks like our friend Jade here. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably the latter. Uh, I, 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 I've, um, I'm not much of a flag waver, so I, I, it, it, this, it, this was Jade's concept, Jade's <laughs> uh, exhibition, and then he was uh, gracious enough to include me in this, and uh, I'm happy to be here. So. Well, wonderful, wonderful. And, and Jade, um, we're going to come right back to you. But again, referring to the book, I'm curious about what motivated you to take on a task like that. Um, I imagine Devo was probably a pretty formative band for you. They were indeed. Yeah, uh, quite so. And the book actually first came out with a British publisher 10 years ago, 2003, or 20 years ago, 2003. Um, it's coming back out, and actually this year is the 50th anniversary for Devo. So uh, as you know, Chuck, 
documented that in 1973, their first performance. But our plan and part of bringing Chuck now really has to do with a kind of kickoff event uh, while we have a movie theater sort of set up in the gallery with the experiment, uh, the exquisite moving corpse. Yes. We're able to do a one night screening basically with and bring Chuck and to sort of announce now, in fact, that uh, we're planning a big Devo show for the 50th anniversary. Right. Devo in the fall. Yep. All right. <laughs> And, and, and Chuck, to, to what do you attribute your your early interest in filmmaking? Were there early film influences you can prompt to that that made you think like this is what I want to do? Um, <clears throat> I, I'm a, a child. I think maybe the first generation of television. So that 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 starts to um, affect my <laughs> reception of uh, motion pictures. I more later on, uh, I, because I'm, I consider myself somewhat of a visual artist, that um, then the interest turned into uh, more challenging films, and that's in the probably the latter 50s, early 60s, and most of them were from European directors, like Buñuel or Godard or Fellini, and um, and then I just. I, I I don't know. I guess photomechanical. I, I, I always had a camera, be it a still camera or a motion camera. And the first camera I had was in 57 or 58. I was about 12 or 13 years old. And it was something that um, I really enjoyed, the, the, you know, the activity. And then, uh, and then I didn't really pay much attention to the thought about doing anything in motion pictures until... I was at Kent and trying to figure out what I was going to do <laughs> for a living. All right. So, yeah. Well, take us to, to that time then. You're, you're studying at Kent State University. I, I, this is around the time in your life when, when you first met Devo members, uh, uh, Mark Mothersbaugh and, and Jerry Casali. <coughs> Pardon me. Yeah, I, I, I met Jerry first, and that was a chance meeting at the Akron Art Theater. There again, this interest in uh, European and independent American film. And in the latter 60s, it was you know, Stan Brackage and the Kuchar brothers and, of course, um, John Waters. But uh, I, was at, uh, I was at the Akron Art and Theater. I got there early, and Jerry happened to sit behind me. And uh, I was talking about something, and Jerry tapped me on the shoulder, and he said, pardon me. And we found out that we both went to Kent. And that was our meeting was at the Akron Art Theater. So that was really the kind of foundation. We, were, we shared a, an interest and taste in film. And then it, it, it went on from there. Uh, two years later in a, um, an art class, I met Mark. Okay. And that was materials and techniques. And it was kind of an experimental. I mean, for me, I always looked at it as experimental sculpture. But uh, I met Mark, and then we struck up a relationship there. That was in seventy, so that was preceding. Uh, so Devo, Devo hadn't formed yet. No, not yet, not yet. Um, in fact, uh, I uh, went to. Um, I was a Kent until nineteen seventy three, and of course the 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 founders the, the of the concept and the theory of Devo were uh, Jerry and Bob Lewis, and uh, that was. And I think in seventy two they did their first publishing of that. Uh, idea, that concept. And then um, 
it was in 73 that they, they between 72 and 73 that they or, organized the band. And I, at that point, had already set my mind on leaving northern Ohio to go to an area that had greater production, film produ- commercial production. And that was Minneapolis, the Twin Cities, Minneapolis and St. Paul. So uh, I, for, just by coincidence, they had the, the, the invitation to, to perform their first performance in the Creative Arts Festival at Canton in the spring of 73, spring quarter of 73. I shot that, and within a couple of months, I'd left. That's, that's. Oh, wow. That's, wow. that's back in the port pack video days, black oh, yeah. and white that's video. Right. And right. Right. They were on the bill with Stan Brackage, I think, and with uh, Robert Creeley. So. But, I mean, at the Creative Arts Festival, right. As the sextet uh, devo. Do you have any specific memories of that concert? Because I, I think like with so many other bands' first performances, you know, the enormity of it isn't, can't really be known until much later. <laughs> you know? uh, true, and especially, especially true in, in the case of Devo. Um, it, <laughs> I remember that there wasn't much of an audience and at one point, I had uh, I checked out a portapack uh, camera and recorder because I was taking film classes then, and uh, at, at so I, I said, "Oh, there's an opportunity to use the portapack and record the band." And one time, I kind of panned around to the audience. I wasn't aware that there were only about a dozen people in the audience, and they had this be- bewildered look on their face, like, "What are we? What are we watching?" And then, and then, Mark's synthesizer. In some loop, got stuck in a loop, and it, and it just it, it was a malfunction of the of the synthesizer, and the band didn't even know what to do, and, uh-huh. and, and so for this went on. And Mark's it, in, in a mask, in a mask, so in a, right, in a, in a monkey mask and a lab coat, which is just that was it, it was commonplace to be around Mark or Jerry, and they would be dressed like that, they'd go to school like that. So I mean, it was it was anything unusual, but. Certainly, the audience. It, it was later referred to as the headache solo because also oh, really? oh. Mark, Mark oh, is holding his head <laughs> right. in despair as that. this loop yeah, continues and, and people are leaving the auditorium. So there are some fond memories there. Uh, and then uh, it's, it's, uh, I think that, that, that's, that, that pretty much summarizes what, <laughs> what am I take away from that? But. <laughs> well, skipping ahead a little bit, uh, in 76, the short film you directed, The Truth About De-Evolution, won a prize at the Ann Arbor Film Festival. What impact did that have on the band's ability to advance what they were doing, or at the very least, their message and the concept? Well, at least it didn't hinder it. Okay. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. you know, I, it did. I, I, my understanding is it did help, because if, the, if this is correct, that... Um, uh, well, first of all, I when we finished the film, I got, I'm going to I'm going to back up and I, whether you like this or not, I got to lay the groundwork of the history for this. That I in, in 1975, I was back. I still had relatives in I still have relatives in North Ohio, but my mother was still there, and I went back for the holidays and in a late night bowl session at an all night restaurant with Jerry, and Jerry was lamenting about the bands teetering on the brink of breaking up, and I said, well, before you break up. I definitely want to document this, and there's no question about it. So that was that's yeah. that's kind of where it started in '76. Then Jerry and I kind of plotted. He did most of the concept because this is all goes back to Devo and Jerry and Bob in terms of um, not only, not only creating having it started as kind of a, a 
a stone rap to talk about de-evolution. But then it, it went to a, a broader uh, scope when they started thinking about pre- the presentation of this. Mm-hmm. And part of that presentation was multimedia and it would be this band. And so um, I, I uh, so we, we plotted this uh, pro- the project out for, to, to shoot the, 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 to capture the band. And it would be two songs with an interstitial material. And um, uh, I went down, we shot it in the spring of 76 and it wasn't finished until the beginning of 77, at which point, uh, pardon me rambling on, at, at, at that point then I entered it in, it, to get around to your question, sorry. No, that's But great. anyway, <laughs> to get around, that in, in uh, 77, I began to enter it in festivals because that's what I was aware of, and I it would, it would track them. And there weren't a lot of festivals then. Right. This is pre-digital, so there mm-hmm. were, it was a handful. And Ann Arbor was really kind of was one of the more important. Yeah. It one of the more important festivals, and uh, I entered it there and was happy to find out that it did receive some recognition there. Then, to, to more pointedly, to, <laughs> did it help or did, uh, 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 hinder the band? Um, it, what it did is it actually showed showed what the concept was. It illustrated it. It was the the the, the, the pictures that went with the words, and uh, the words and the lyrics. And I had I think it was Jerry that informed me of this, and he said that he saw a copy of an inner office memo from I think it was Kip Cohn who was the president of A and M Records. And it was an inner office memo saying, you have to come and see this video. Mm. It wasn't a video. It was a tape of this band. And he said it out-tubes the tubes. Because at that time, tubes were one of the more uh, uh, interesting or different uh, or engaging visual performances. Mm. So uh, we knew then that this, this, it had a certain amount of power to resonate or engage. And it did, ultimately. I think it was, uh, I mean, at least by Mark, and I think both Mark and Jarrett would credit the, the, um, the film the, in the beginning as being uh, one of the instrumental tools to help them you know, so, I mean, I mean, find a deal. Great for the band, but I mean, again, in terms of mainstream appeal or application, there wasn't a whole lot to be done with these mini music movies. Then August 1981, MTV jumps on the scene. I mean, did right. that just change everything for you? It did. Yeah, it changed everything for me. Uh, but uh, it might have been for the better in a way. Uh, because of the fact that prior to that, the, the legitimate production companies, I don't know how, how you want to define that, in the in, in the major markets, they they had little interest because it was they were low budget, very low budget. <laughs> and you might get a clip on the Casey Kasem show, so it's not really worth putting any. Well, it it it, it, pre, it pre- precedes Casey Kasem because that was, and I I I I really appreciate you pointing out to Casey Kasem because so much of the history that I have read about music videos, some they gloss over, they either omit or gloss over Casey Kasem. It was the very first show that I saw, and it precedes MTV, so it probably was seventy nine or eighty, and I saw it in and I was. I, I was in Boston doing, actually doing a, a, a video, and I think it was with Jay Giles. And after after the meal, we were in some sports bar, or a bar that had a monitor, and there was Casey Kasem. I hadn't seen it before that, and I saw what it was, and it was his radio show 
with the pick, with the you know, music applied. You know, prior to that, the record companies it would they would make these quote unquote music clips mm-hmm. because they were more cost efficient to send the clip than it was to send the band to England or to Europe mm-hmm. because the Europe was w- in advance of the U.S. having MTV. They right. had the old Grey Whistle Test and Top of the Pops and other shows. I can't remember the show in Germany. But so they would send, and likewise, it, it, that's why I worked with some of the bands in the UK because they did the same thing. It was send the reel over, mm. send the pop clip over. Mm. So uh, at any rate, I'm, you know, I'm well, rambling on. No, go you're ahead. fine. I'm, you're you know, fine. See, I'm, you that's know, that's so much better than the alternative. You know, you don't la- want somebody giving you monosyllabic answers. Yeah. So it's it's <laughs> lack of it's lack of snow. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm used to being in a, I'm not used to this heat. Folks. I'm not yeah. used to the heat. Um, so. I, it I helps feel... with the grilling, though. Yes, yes. <laughs> what you were doing with these videos, I think, was just as innovative and creative as what Devo itself was doing. You you pioneered this concept of putting inserts into the music right. videos. And I'm wondering if that was a, a practical choice as much as it was a creative one. Uh... No, I I I'd say it was creative. It's interesting because I was we were t- talking to Jade about my interest in portraiture and my interest in it was grown out of casting mm, and looking yes. for unique unique characters. Can you can I get a face that fits this part or whatever? They, and and working in that direction, and I still have a penchant for that. And I work on the still project that's a portraiture project. The point being that that um, so I when I started shooting, I knew that I wanted to have these, this, these, these characters in, involved because the fact that they, I, I, I find them, you know, engaging and I think other people find them engaging also in terms of seeing it, it, when we drove in and then fellows at the, at the gate, Mr. Uh, Green. Name, names escaped me. What is Officer Green. Mr. Officer Green. Green. Yeah. Oh, God bless God, Officer Green, because I'll tell you, he, Jade said something, he opened a can of worms, and especially with me in the car, and Jade said something to Officer Green. When Officer Green made the inquiry about, what are you two doing here? And Jade said, well, we're doing Devo. We're going to do a radio show. And then Officer Green said, what, what about? And then Jade said, Devo. And Officer Green said, what, what's Devo? Who's Devo? And then I got engaged with him and started talking because he's a beautiful human being and a great character. And I, as we drove away, I said, there's a perfect example of how I can't, it's a magnet. I can't, I can't break that, that, uh, that looking for and ca- always casting. Yeah, and but with humanity, por- yes. With por- <laughs> portraiture, there's less risk than with casting. And, and I'm thinking in particular Le- of Less a, risk? Yeah. Well, because I'm thinking specifically yeah. of the, the Cruel to be Kind video when you had cast a, a man you saw with a hot dog on a bench. And wow. Then, but it you, tame you, kind you, of you've, film. Done, you've done your homework. He locks yeah. himself in the bathroom. You <laughs> oh, have that's, to find, yeah. oh, that's right. Wow. That's a great, that's a great story. <laughs> I wish I would have said told that story. No, I'm sorry. I get it. But, um, yeah, it, it, I mean, it is. I mean, it, 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 it is part also, uh, it was cost efficient, you know, back yes. then. Sure, you know, sure. When somebody says, okay, you know, here's $100, go make a video. Well, all right. Well, you know. and, and Chuck did about six videos for Elvis Costello. You know, thirteen yes. for Devo. <laughs> that was kind of a serendipitous meeting too. You know, oh, uh, that's that's right, that's right, that's right. A, a, a chance meeting there once again. I was under the weather and went to a show, and between the bands, and I, it was at a bar downtown in, in Minneapolis called the Longhorn. I went out in the vestibule, and there was a bench there, 
and uh, this, the, the second band had started, and so there was no one in the in the lobby or vestibule, and I'm sitting there, and somebody came up to me and said, what are you doing out here? And I said, I'm not feeling very well. And he said, oh, and then that, that we started to engage in conversation, and at one point he said, I'm Jake. I'm Jake Riviera. Who are you? And I said, I'm Chuck. And he said, Chuck who? And I said, Chuck Statler. He said, boy, Chuck Statler. <laughs> the guy who did the Devo videos. Mm-hmm. And I, well, I was branded. It was there. And, and uh, I, I, I claimed that. And, and, and then he said, okay, well, I'm Elvis Costello's manager. And would you, would you be interested in doing a video with Elvis Costello? And I'm, you know, I'm probably tipsy on NyQuil. Or, you know, a night yeah. and vodka combination. Whatever it was, I was, you know, and I thought, oh, sure, certainly. I mean, why even ask <laughs> if I would? You know. Yeah. And, and, uh, and he said, okay, well, you know, get me the names and I'll get the tickets to Northwest Orient and I'll see you two days in Vancouver. And that's exactly what happened. We started there. Incredible. And went to Vancouver and then went to Hawaii and then formed a relationship with them and then went to France with them and shot stuff in Minneapolis with them and, it was a good, it was a, a very fruitful it was it was a great relationship because the fact that i had with both with both Devo and with costello they are they're artists and and costello was the penultimate wordsmith of that generation and and of course Devo as visual artist as well as you know conceptual artist so it was you know i was i was lucky i was fortunate i was just happened to be in the right place at the right time at the akron art theater and at the longhorn bar yeah <laughs> so, all right so, <laughs> Well, I, I'm, we do have just a couple minutes left, but I, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't mention. Um, it seems like more re- in more recent years, your work has really gravitated more towards still photography. Right. Um, some pretty impressive so, projects. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, I, be, and I, I've, I've told Jade and anybody that knows me, I'm such a, you know, I'm so in, involved in the process. And so for me, and, and I think about this at my ripe age, I, first of all, I shouldn't even be here, but I am here. But um, I, it, reason to get up, and I'm thankful every morning I can get up. But uh, I never learned to fish. I never learned to golf. So what the thing that I really was passionate about and still am is just the creative expression. And it was more often I couldn't, I didn't, not only could I not fish or golf, I couldn't draw or paint. So then I went photomechanical, i.e. cinema, now stills and printmaking. All right, makes sense. Well, we are about out of time. Unfortunately, I could talk to you for another hour and a half if I if I could. Well, you can do it off mic. Okay. Oh, no, we have more work to do. <laughs> and so right. do we. Sorry about that. Right. I'm sorry. Filmmaker, director, producer, and photographer Chuck Statler has been in studio today ahead of his appearance this evening at the Bob Rauschenberg Gallery for Chuck Statler Shows and Tells the Truth About De-Evolution, premiering an all-Devo program of newly restored music videos and early pre-MTV films. Chuck, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for the invitation. You're welcome. And and Jay Dellinger, again, always great to reconnect with you. Thank you. Thank you. If you missed any of today's show, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website, wgcu.org slash gcl, or subscribe to our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Our show today was produced by Jared Gonzalez and yours truly. Our director is Richard Chinqui. Our social media coordinator is Tara Calligan. For now, thanks for listening. I'm John Davis. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO, Marco Island 91.7 FM, NPR for Southwest Florida.